Blog Talk Radio. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Blessed are the wonderful privilege to be with you again for another broadcast with Reaching Out Radio International. This is your Sister Pearl with In the Word with Sister Pearl. Uh, What a privilege, what an honor it is. Uh, I wish I had the newest nations that we are now broadcasting into. I don't have the list before me right now, but prayerfully by next Sunday night, I'll be able to add those Um, nations as well, Uh, but I just want to greet you tonight in the name that's higher and greater and more wonderful than any other name in all of the universe, and that's the name of Jesus. There's nobody like him, absolutely no one, and I'm so grateful to be one of his children. He calls me his dear child. He calls you his dear child, and um, last time that I was with you, I was not able to really bring you the word of God that I wanted to. However, I was told by some people who did listen to the word, certainly not by me preparing anything, 
I, I was told that it was a blessing, and I'm grateful for that. Last Sunday night, uh, we had some technical difficulties. I apologize for that. But uh, tonight, we have a message. Uh, last Sunday night, what I did is just, I just prayed and asked the Lord, Lord, help me. What am I going to do? And he just um, spoke to me so sweetly and so calmly that I should speak on the word of God that talks about uh, we should deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. Do you realize that unless we're willing to do that, we're really not one of his? And we cannot really take up the cross unless we're willing to first deny ourselves. So if I have things in my hand, I have to let that go in order to take up that cross. Amen? And uh, if you're interested in that message, you can listen to last week's message and that's what I talked about. But tonight we're going to go into the Beatitudes of Christ. It's one of the most, um, probably one of the most famous sermons uh, that Jesus ever gave. Everything that came from the, the, the mouth of Jesus was special. Everything that came from Jesus was so noteworthy. But people often talk about um, the Beatitudes of Christ or the blessedness of Christ that was found in Matthew chapter 5. At least I'm reading from Matthew. I believe, again, you can find another version of it in the Gospel of Luke. But I'm going to read from Matthew uh, chapter 5, and I'm going to talk about the Beatitudes of Christ from this um, vantage point. And I want to always remember to say a special God bless you, a special shout-out to Evangelist Montel Fields. She is so dear to me as the woman of God who has the vision um, behind this whole Reaching Out Radio International. God bless you, Evangelist Montel. I pray the blessings of the Lord will come upon you and overtake you for good, that you will be blessed in your going out and blessed in your coming in. Amen. And for each one of you that are listening to this radio broadcast, whether you're in the um, continent of North America, and that would encompass United States and Canada, and a little portion of North uh, Northern Mexico. I also want to say a big God bless you to those that would be in South America as well. And always uh, the great continent of Africa. We've got so many people listening in from different nations in Africa and also Asia. Many, many people are listening in uh, from Asia as well. And that would cover the great nation of China and um, also that would encompass um, even um, the Philippines, even though they're islands, but it would encompass Thailand and um, so many, um, Vietnam and so many other great nations that would encompass Asia. Also, thank God for those of you that are listening from Europe, listening from the great country of England and from Germany and Switzerland and um, so many countries there, Holland, um, Spain and France and Italy. We say God bless you so very much. And from also the continent of Oceania that encompass Australia and so many other wonderful nations like New Zealand and so many other ones. We just want to say God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you. And we're so happy that you're a great part of the listening audience of Reaching Out Radio International. But I want to just bow my head 
in a word of prayer before I get into the Beatitudes of Christ. And the reason that I want to do this, I pray every time when we're going to share the word of God. And we know that the word of God is already anointed. Anything that's in the word of God uh, that comes from the heart of God is anointed. But these are specifically the words of Jesus himself. And sometimes when Jesus would speak, uh, people might misunderstand what he was saying, even though he was the greatest teacher that ever lived. But um, I certainly cannot uh, explain the word of God like Jesus can. But I'm praying that since I am the speaker for tonight, that God will breathe upon me and help me to do well in, in, in just breaking this portion of scripture down for us to understand. I pray that he would illuminate my mind, illuminate your mind, that we would grasp what Jesus has to say. Because often what he has to say goes so contrary to what the world has to say. Our Jesus is so much higher, so much wiser, so much more loving, so much more kind. And often it, it, it just goes against what we know in the world. What we know in the world is base. What we know in the world is commonplace. What Jesus knows is extraordinary and so special. And he wants to bring us up higher to his level. And so please bear with me as I, as I go through the Beatitudes of Christ. It's going to be a little different from some things that I've been taught, some things that you've been taught. And that's because you really need to get a grasp of God's word in this end time hour that we're all living in. And so let me just pray that God will illuminate not only my heart, but yours as well. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, I just come humbly before you. I come knowing that without you, I am nothing. Without you, I have nothing really to offer the people that would listen around the world or even in my own nation of America. But God, because of your Holy Spirit in indwelling me and living inside of me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I pray God, that you would use my lips and my mouth as your, um, as your mouthpiece today. Let me just speak what you want to say to the people. Let me speak clarity. Let me speak truth. Let me speak light so that people can understand what you're saying, Lord God, your word is so special, and we want to catch everything that you want to deliver to us, oh God. So anoint our understanding that we might be able to perceive what you're saying. This is taking us higher than where we are on a natural level. You're taking us up in a supernatural level. So help us to, to understand supernaturally, I pray, this word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I'm reading from Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to begin at verse 1. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in this same way, who were before you being blessed by this word because if you're like Sister Pearl then you know what it is uh, to have people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of Jesus they said it about our master so who are we that they're not going to say it about us and then he says, we, we need to rejoice, not be sad. We need to be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. But what does this word blessed really mean in the Greek? In the Greek, it means happy and blessed. Listen to this. Blessed to be envied. Wow. I want to say that again. Blessed in this context that Jesus is speaking about in Matthew 5 talks about being happy and blessed to the point where you're envied by people. Have you ever been envied because you were doing what God wanted you to do? Well, Jesus says, well, then you need uh, to be happy. You need to know that when you're blessed of God, you will be envied. Listen, woman of God. Listen, man of God. When you live for God, you're a blessed individual. What does the word blessed mean? It means become long, make large, properly. When God extends his benefits, the advantages that he confers upon those whom he blesses, and he blesses. Blessed is describing a believer in an enviable position. Come on now. You and I that are living for God, we're in an enviable position from receiving God's provisions, his favor. And it literally means to extend, to make large, his grace, his benefits. This happens with receiving and obeying the Lord in the birthing of faith. When you and I live as faith people, we are to be envied by the world. We're to be envied even by those who call themselves believers, but they're not really living as believers ought to live. So the first thing that Jesus said 
And I, I'm probably going to spend a long time here tonight just on this first, the first blessedness. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, you know, this seems contrary to everything that you and I know in the natural way of living. How can you say that if we're poor in spirit, that we're blessed? Really? Really? Because Jesus does not lie. God is not a man that he can lie. And yet he says something very contrary. Now, when he demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And that's a little bit of a difference between um, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. But he literally said in Matthew 5, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So that means that heaven belongs to us when we position ourselves to be poor in spirit. Wow. See, when the kingdom of God comes, are going to change. It is going to be changed on planet Earth. Definitely. And right now, the kingdom of God is within every blood-washed, believing child of God who puts their faith and trust in God. So today we don't have to say, well, you know, the kingdom of God is over there. It's over there in the part of that of California or it's over there hidden in a part in Australia or it's over there in a part in China. No, the kingdom of God is within you. When you have the spirit of the living God, living inside of you. However, when Christ was talking to Pilate, he purposely said, Jesus answered in John 18, 36, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should be delivered, not be delivered up to the Jews. But see, now, but now is my kingdom not from hence. So, Jesus didn't allow his disciples to start physically fighting and beating up people. Why? Because it was not time to bring his kingdom that will be established later on to the earth. But he's talking about his kingdom being in the hearts of men and women that will totally surrender themselves to him. Well, let's understand that. There will be another time when Jesus comes back the second time. Oh, he's going to set everything right. And what is out of order, he's going to put in order. We're not there right now. But what does it really mean to be poor in spirit? If you look at if you look and read what active Christianity has to say, and I thought what they had to say was really, really good, so I actually quoted them. They're saying 
To be poor in spirit is to always be lowly, always lowly in one's own eyes. A, a, a man or a woman that is poor in spirit does not exalt him or herself. That individual is not proud, even though he or she may be considered insignificant by others, he sees it all as God's will and rejoices that he is allowed to share in the sufferings of Christ. It becomes natural for him to go the way of the lamb. The lamb is very meek, very mild. Humiliation becomes his nourishment. Exaltation is only his reward. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, like you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Now, this is, a, this is a part of being poor in spirit. Submitting ourselves, humbling ourselves, lowering ourselves, submitting ourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble or to those that would humble themselves before God. So that goes very contrary to those that would be marching in pride. That is the antithesis, the extreme opposite of what God is talking about. God says he resists the proud of any strife. He resists the proud, period. But he gives grace to the humble. A good example of being poor in spirit. I just, I had worked on this message a week ago, more than a week ago. But I tell you, tonight, I felt like the Lord wanted me to share something with you that I didn't think about before. And then I said, oh, my goodness, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is a great example of someone who considered herself to be poor in spirit. It's the faith of the Canaanite woman, amen, in Matthew chapter 15. And I'm going to read to you verses 21 through Let's see how far I'm going to go. I'm going to read to you 21 all the way to 28. It says it like this. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she, she keeps crying out after us. He, meaning Jesus, answered the woman and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dog. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs 
eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Oh, my goodness. If this is not an example of someone being poor in spirit and yet being made phenomenally large and envied by others, I don't know of a better example. This woman, when Jesus made that remark, I'm sent to the house of Israel. And it is not right for me to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Look at this woman's response. Instead of getting all high and mighty, instead of thinking, how dare he speak to me in such a way? She humbles herself and she says, yes, it is right. Lord, because even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. So in other words, even though I am not one from the house of Israel, I am still one. Now, she didn't say this literally. I'm paraphrasing it. She might as well have said this. I am made and created after the image and the likeness of a holy God whom you represent. Because even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. So I may not be a Jew, but I'm created by God. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Jesus said to her, woman, not dog. He said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. I spoke about this in another um, message that I gave. So I hope that you will uh, listen to the various messages that the Lord gave me. And you're going to find me speaking about this Canaanite woman again. And she is a tremendous woman of faith that we need to emulate the kind of faith that she had. But she's a great example of what it is to be poor in spirit and yet be blessed of God. Because she went home with her request granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad, exceeding joy. When we, when we are poor in spirit, we will definitely partake of Christ's sufferings. If we're all high mighty and uh, we're too good to be persecuted, we would not know what it is to experience the partaking of Christ's sufferings. So we've got to humble ourselves. The Bible also says the same speaker, that was 1 Peter 4.13, who said that we should rejoice to the extent that we partake of Christ's sufferings. Because when his glory is revealed, you and I will also be glad with exceeding joy. But Peter, the Apostle Peter, also says in First Peter 5 and 6, Therefore, humble yourselves. This is what it means to be poor in spirit. Humble yourself 
under the mighty hand of God that you may exalt he, not me or you, but he may exalt us in due time or in due season. We've got to humble ourselves. Now, God could humble ourselves. He could humble us. He could humble you. He could humble me. But I believe it is much better for you to humble yourself and for me to humble myself than to wait for God to humble us. I'm going to repeat that. It is better that I humble myself before God and that you humble yourself before God. Because if you wait for him to have to humble you, I can tell you it's going to be a lot more, put it that way. Now, being poor in spirit must be very important and valuable to God if it means taking possession of the kingdom of heaven itself. Think about it. Because he said, what did he say? Blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's deep. So you and I need to understand what is it to be poor in spirit. It's got to be important and it's got to be very valuable. And I think that we don't understand this. And, you know, I don't believe that I'm saying something that's amiss here. If we understood this, we would walk in greater blessings that God has for us. So I'm going to repeat that. Being poor in spirit has to be very important and valuable if Jesus is taking, telling us it takes possession of the kingdom of heaven itself. How many of you would like to possess the kingdom of heaven? Certainly, probably everybody listening to the sound of my voice right now. So how can we know if we're poor in spirit? I'm going to take my time this evening and talk about some ways or some of the characteristics of someone who is poor in spirit. Because oftentimes we'll talk about, you know, poor in spirit, we'll fly right over it. It's going to really take the time to understand what does poor in spirit look like. I, wanna, I believe the Spirit of God would have me take the time, take your time, take my time to really flesh out what does it look like to be poor in spirit. Number one, it means that always we are lowly in our own eyes. We do not exalt ourselves. We're not proud. Even though we may be considered insignificant by others, I said this before, we got to see this as being in the will of God. And we rejoice, 1 Peter 5, 5, that he is allowed to share. We are allowed, you are allowed, I am allowed to share in his sufferings. It becomes natural for you and I to go the way of the Lamb. Amen. So this is something that, you know, we should be comfortable with. Be comfortable with it. And we need to, as we said before, I'm going to say it again, First Peter 5, 6, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you and exalt me in due season. Now, if we're really poor in spirit and we're really humbling ourselves, 
when we do work for the Lord, we do it in a hidden way. Six, one through four is we're going to read from there. But when we really want to be poor in spirit, then the work that we're doing in the kingdom of God is usually hidden and does not receive honor from men or from women. How about that? If you and I do get honor from men and women, you know, that's nice, but don't let it get to our heads because the same men and women will crucify us in a hot second. That's just the way of, of, of all flesh. But what does Matthew say in, in, in chapter 6, verse 1 through 4? Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. And when it says men, of course, we're talking men and women. Otherwise, you have no reward, now that's deep, from your Father in heaven. Let's just stop there for a second. So does that mean if Sister Pearl does a charitable deed so that I can be seen by people, I will not get any reward from my Heavenly Father. That's exactly what this is saying in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. So it's a matter of my heart. If I'm doing a charitable deed so that I could be on a Facebook and you can see me, I already got my reward. My reward was that people saw me and they said, good job. Verse 2. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. Uh-oh. So that means when I am doing a charitable deed, I should not go and sound a trumpet or I should not go and be on a loudspeaker telling everybody about my good deed that I'm doing. I should not be doing that in the synagogues or in the churches or from the pulpits or in the women's group or in the men's group or in the young people group or on a stage because the men and the women that are listening to me, they're going to say, oh, good job. But that means I I just got my reward right there. Verse 3, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Verse 4, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. This is an example of what it means to be poor in spirit and inheriting the kingdom of heaven. Somebody who's wealthy in spirit, contrary in this context I'm talking about, will be bragging up and down, in and out, on every highway and byway, looking for the attention of men and women. Okay, a poor in spirit person 
loves to occupy the lowest place, not because he desires to be more esteemed, but because he thinks that this is precisely the place that it is suitable for him or her. Let's read Luke chapter 14, verses 7 through 11. So he told a parable to those who were invited, and when he noted how they chose the blessed, the very best places, saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable, honorable than you be invited by the main person who's throwing the event. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man, and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is just a kingdom principle. And this is part of what Jesus was saying when he was saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who take the lower position. Because I'm going to bless you. And the kingdom of heaven belongs to you. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself now if you're like me I'm sure you are thinking wow I have done some things that are contrary to what I am hearing right now and what Sister Pearl is reading from God's word right now. Right now, this is very humbling. It's humbling to me as I'm reading it. Uh, And I hope that it's humbling to you as well. Because a lot of times, you and I, if we're going to be very honest, some of what we do is through selfish ambition and is through conceit and is not done in lowliness or with lowliness of mind and is not esteeming others better than ourselves. I've been guilty. I am guilty. And I don't think I'm alone. Not everything that I've done is out of selfish ambition. I can definitely tell you that. But some of what I've done has been out of selfish ambition. And maybe some of what I've done is out of conceit. And this is a rebuke to me, and I'm hoping it's a rebuke to you as well. Because nothing that I should be doing should be out of selfish ambition or conceit. And everything that I am doing should be done in lowliness of mind, esteeming Everybody better than myself. Wow. 
Let that sink in for just a moment. This is an example of what it means to be poor in spirit. And those that are poor in spirit are blessed because they inherit the very kingdom of heaven. Heaven belongs to us. To be poor in spirit is also an example of being reserved in our conduct. Not inappropriately aggressive or demanding. Wow. Loves to give up. A person that is poor in spirit loves to get up their advantages for the benefit of others. My, my, my. Let each of you look not only for his own interest. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. But also for the interest of others. Is that Christian, your character? Is, has that been your mindset? That you're not looking out only for your own interest, but for the interest of others? I pray it is. And that you love to give up your own advantage for the benefit of others? I mean, sometimes this thing can be very, very simple. And sometimes, of course, it's deeper. But even something like a chicken wing, seriously, let me, let me just go here. You might be smiling. You might be laughing. That's okay. But I'm going to show you how this can be real. A chicken only has two wings. There's only two wings on a chicken. There's only two drumsticks and only two thighs. Well, what happens when you have ten people and only one chicken, but maybe five of those people like chicken wings. Or suppose five of those people like the drumsticks. Or five of those individuals out of the ten, they like the thighs. Somebody's going to have to defer to somebody else. Now, I've done that, and I'm sure you've done that as well. But that's just a very a common, very low-level example of, I like the chicken wings, I'm eyeing the chicken wings, but I'm generally and, and genuinely, genuinely, not phony, genuinely asking, does anybody else like the chicken wing? Because I really mean that. And then if you like the chicken wing, I'm going to defer to you. Well, that's easy. That, that doesn't really take a lot for me to do that because I have faith in God that I can easily get a chicken leg chicken wing, chicken leg, chicken thigh, another time, no biggie. So I'm happy to do that. But but that's an easy one. What about it when it's more difficult? What about when it's a bigger choice? Hmm? I know some people, they, they like the same brother in the church. Maybe two or three people like the same brother. How about we defer to another sister that might like him and we go home and pray, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Same thing for a man. There might be three brothers in the church liking the same lady. 
the same sister? How about deferring to your other brothers and hopefully one brother, and, and, and you go home and say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And you want to know something? If that sister belongs to you, if that's God's choice for you, and you are not trying to, you know, bulldoze your way to make sure she's yours, don't you know that God sees your heart, kingdom of heaven is yours, and that God can orchestrate certain things that that sister's not going to like the other two brothers. She's going to like you. But you deferred to the other brothers. And this is what I'm kind of talking about. This is what I'm talking about. We love to give up the advantage for the benefit of others. Philippians 2.4, let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 says it like this. You do not seek to be anything great, whether it is on an earthly or a spiritual level. His only desire is to do God's will from moment to moment. Do not seek to gain influence with people, yet his entire longing is that people might come under the influence of God. Now, I didn't read 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 through 5. Excuse me. I jumped the gun. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. But before that, I want to read this. A person that is poor in spirit does not seek to be anything great, whether it's on an earthly or a spiritual level. God is the one who makes us great. We're not looking to be great. His only desire or her only desire is to do the will of God from one moment to the next. We do not seek to gain influence with people. Listen now. But our entire longing is that people might come under the influence of God. So what does that mean? I'm not interested in influencing millions of people, but I am interested in having millions of people come under the influence of Almighty God. That's what it means to be poor in spirit because you're blessed. The kingdom of heaven is yours and is mine. Amen. Now I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5. And I, brethren, when I came to you, Paul the apostle, as he spoke to the church at Corinth, he said, When I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power and of power, in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We have a lot in America, in the Western world, of people talking with a lot of persuasive words of human wisdom, but very little demonstration of the spirit and of power. 
And Paul tells the church at Corinth, your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but instead in the power of Almighty God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. I'm taking my time to read scriptures in in the word of God because the word of God is where we're going to get set free. The word of God is what's going to give us strength, not just the pearl's word or somebody else's word, but the word of God. The word of God will not go back void. It will not return to him void, but it will accomplish that which he wants it to accomplish in you and in me. So again, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all again. Becoming, taking on a position of being poor in spirit. I am free from all men, yet I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. And to those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. An example of being poor in spirit. For those that are poor in spirit, time is very precious to these individuals. We don't have any time to waste because we are poor in spirit. We are not wasting, you know, time. We're calm. We're never led to do anything in haste. Ephesians five sixteen to 17, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Poor in spirit, that woman, that man of God, we don't have time to waste. We understand that our time is limited. We're not going to be down here forever. Feel that they're wealthy in spirit. They feel that they can do whatever, whenever. Hmm. A person that is poor in spirit will sanctify himself or herself so that by their example, they can sanctify themselves in truth by his example. My goodness. Now I'm going to read John 17, verse 19. And for their sakes, I sanctify, these are the words of Jesus, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. What does that mean? So for their sake, I set myself apart. This is the words of Jesus. He sanctified himself. He did not allow himself to be all over the place. He set himself apart only for the use 
of his heavenly father so that those that would listen to him would also be set apart by the truth. Sanctified means to be set apart for God's purpose. Those that are poor in spirit are sanctified themselves apart. They don't indulge in everything that's available. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 says it like this. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Not only when I am living in a lifestyle that is pleasing to God, and I'm watching how I live, and I'm watching the doctrine that I'm applying to my life, and that I'm following, and I'm continuing them in these ways. Now, in doing this, I'm, I'm helping myself. I'm saving myself from calamity, but I'm also helping those that are watching me, listening to me, observing me, and hearing me. Someone that's poor in spirit denies himself so that his life or her life may not be an offense to others in any way. That's like me eating pork in my seven-day Adventist friend's house. Okay, I can eat pork if I so choose. I personally am not condemned by eating pork. It might not be the best for me. And sanctify it and ask God to cleanse it. I believe it's fine. But I'm not going to take my liberty, my freedom in Christ, and go and eat a pork chop in my friend's house who happens to be a Seventh-day Adventist, and they don't eat pork. Or I'm not going to go and eat pork or bring over a slab, a, a pork loin or a pork roast to my Jewish friend's home. I'm going to deny myself so that my life would not be an offense to others in any way because I want to win that individual for Christ. Why do I have to prove a point to them that I can eat pork? Why? What am I trying to prove? Humble myself, deny my appetite for a pork chop or pernil, what a lot of the Spanish people like, especially Puerto Ricano, we love our pernil, or even our Dominicans, we love our pernil. I'm not going to go and eat pernil in somebody's house that is an offense to them to eat pork. And Jesus said, in Matthew sixteen twenty four, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. It's more important to let somebody know about Jesus than me to use my liberty and eat a pork chop. Kingdom of heaven belongs to me. A person who is poor in spirit is satisfied with the cross God gives him or her to bear. So that they do not complain when others bother them. Wow. I have to grow more in Christ for sure. I've got to become more poor in spirit. <laughs> a poor in spirit individual does not back down or draw back in the sufferings of Christ. So that after he himself has been tested, he can be of help to others. Romans 8.18. 8, 
For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can I tell you something? And this is not to boast, but I'm grateful to God for my the privilege that I've had to suffer in some communist nations because now it's helping me to help others that are going to soon be in a place of persecution. I, I am grateful to God that he helped me to humble myself so that now by going through that, I can help others. Okay, so we're not going to finish even the first beatitude tonight. Do you have a better understanding of what Jesus meant when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, because theirs is the very kingdom of heaven. Heaven belongs to us when we're willing to be poor in spirit. It doesn't mean that, you know, we lack good things. Of course not. And it doesn't mean that just because you're a poor person, you know, physically and you, or, you know, literally and you have no money, that you're going to be, you know, the kingdom of heaven belongs to you. No. You've got to humble yourself before God. Poor people can be pride, prideful. Talk about being poor in spirit. I pray that you and I, I know I've certainly gotten something from this a lesson that the Lord helped me to uh, put together. So I pray that you have gotten something. I pray you have a greater understanding of why Jesus even came out with that first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that as we go into the other Beatitudes, the next week when we're together and in the word with Sister Pearl, that, Lord God, that you will help us. Help us, oh God. Open up our understanding. Help us to want you so much that we're willing to go after the position of being poor in spirit, that the kingdom of heaven is ours. Heavenly Father, make Help us to meditate on this word for the remainder of the week until we come again together next Sunday night, same time, same place. May the Lord bless you. May heaven shine upon you. May you have a desire to want to please God with everything that he's given you. And may you be blessed of God so that the kingdom of heaven is yours. Same time, same station next week in Jesus' mighty name. This is your sister Pearl. God bless you. I love you, but Jesus loves you so much more. Take care now. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.